I want to pick up uh, kind of with where we left off last week. Last week we talked about, you know, uh, we, we left off talking about the fact that you've got something to offer in a time like this. You've got something that people need. And I, I told a story about a, a fellow at, a, at a, a baseball game that I was at where someone had been injured and, and the medical staff were taking care of this lady and this guy comes from the upper stands with a hot dog and says, you know, I just want to give her a hot dog. And we all kind of thought that was silly because that's clearly not what she needs in a medical emergency. And so sometimes we feel like hot dog guy. We feel like the person that's saying, I, have, I, I want to give something, but I don't know that I have what people need. I, I feel the, the desire to connect. I feel that God's pulling me to be part of the answer and not just the problem, but I don't know how. And so today I want to dig into the word with you. We're going to pick up where we left off last week and talk about what you have to give. Because what you have to give may not be what you think you have. In fact, most of the time it's not, because most of the time what we think we have is based on what we can see and perceive and understand, but what you've got to realize is that everything you've got to give has first come from the hand of God, and when you believe that, then you step into a a world or a, a place where you're saying, like, I've got something to give that I don't even think I have. And so today, I want to pick up with uh, a story that we talked about just briefly last week. It's the story of Peter and John going to the temple and seeing a man that was lame since birth. He had never been able to walk. And Peter and John uh, came up to this man. This man had been begging uh, for money. And Peter and John uh, would have been trained well by Jesus. We know for a fact, the scripture tells us, that they, they, they gave to the poor freely, that, that Jesus taught us to take care of the poor. So I know that Peter and John were not ignoring this man, and, and they were not trying to be stingy. But when he asked for money, they said, silver and gold we don't have. But what we do have, we're going to give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. So I want to ask you a question. Would you have said, if you were in their shoes, I have something for you? I'm not saying, I'm not not talking about someone saying, I can ask and see if God will do something. I'm talking about two people that said, we have something for you. We're in a time where people are in great need. I mean, they're, they're, they're in physical need, they're practical need, financial need, but greater than that, astronomically greater than that, they're in a great spiritual need. People are in a place where they don't know what's going to happen. People are in a place where where their world has been shaken and they're looking for answers and they're looking for hope. They're not just looking for a nice word. They're not just looking for a there, there and a pat on the back. They're looking for something real. I'm looking for something real. I hope you are too. And so when we're looking for something real, where do we get that from? Where do we get the answers we're looking for? Where do we get the help we're looking for? Where do we get the miracle that we're praying for? Where does that come from? course we all would answer I hope we're answering this you'd say well that comes from God clearly God's the one with the answer clearly God's the one with the miracle clearly God's the one with the supply I believe that now here's the part where we have to change our thinking because it's easy to believe that God technically has that but what's hard to believe is that God would use someone like you or me because we just think well if God wanted to do it he would have already done it or or you know I'm terribly unqualified for this. I'm not the guy you want. I'm not the person you want. And yet God, throughout the Bible and even uh, all the way to today, because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, God has always used people. I want you to open yourself up to the possibility 
and the reality that God wants to use you today. Now, I, I realize we've got multiple types of people tuning in this morning. Maybe you're a believer that says, you know, I, I just want to know how I can help. I, I, I know I've got something. I just don't know how to get it out there. Maybe you're somebody who says, I don't have anything. I came to receive something because I, I, I don't have any answers, but I know I need an answer. No matter what category you fall in, both of us, we need something from God. Both of us have our hands extended to God saying, I don't have what's required, but I know you do. And I want you to consider that God has put you in this time, in this uh, place, in this season of history for such a time as this. You're here for a reason. I want to read you something that Jesus said to the disciples. In the book of Matthew, when he sent them out, he sent his disciples out by groups of two, and he sent them out to do his work and to go ahead of him and prepare these places and preach the kingdom of God. He actually sent them out to do what he had already been doing. So he says this to them when, when they're sent out. He says, go nowhere among the Gentiles, enter no town of the Samaritans, because at this time, he, his priority was the house of Israel. We, of course, know that later he opened up, in the, in the book of Acts, the, the gospel was opened up to all the world, opened up to all the Gentiles. But his mission at this point in the gospels was to reach Israel. So he says, don't go to the Gentiles, don't go to Samaritan, but go to the house of Israel and proclaim as you go, or preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, the kingdom of heaven is right here. Uh, there's a lot of people that believe that, that heaven is, you know, it's far away, it's distant, it's, it's, it's something that we can never even quite cross the gap. But Jesus said, when you go there, you tell them, heaven came to your city, heaven came to your house, heaven came near to you. He says, tell them the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then tell them, heal the, then he says, he tells them to do this, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You receive without paying, give without pay. Now I'm reading from the English Standard Version, but when I read in the original language and when I read in um, some of the other translations I have, uh, we understand that when he says you receive without pay and give without pay, that's true, but that's only part of it. He actually says, freely you've received, now freely give. Certainly that means, you know, don't charge somebody for this. This is a free gift. Absolutely. But what it also means is it doesn't have limits. You received freely. I didn't cap it. I didn't, I didn't budget what I gave to you. I gave you my spirit. And in fact, at this point, they don't have his spirit dwelling within them, but he, they have the, the authority of his name. The Holy Spirit is going with them. And so he says, I gave you my name. I gave you my authority. I've given you all of this freely. You've received it freely. Now freely give it away. So here we are, 2020, and the same Jesus is here, and the same Holy Spirit is here, and here's what he's saying to you. He's saying, you've got something to give, and when you say, I don't know what I have, here's the answer. You have what I've given you. Now, you might say, well, God, what have you ever given me that, that, that someone else needs? And that's a question that, that I think is a good one, but I think there's a, a really easy and simple answer. The answer is not, you know, by checking your pockets, although that doesn't hurt. The answer is not by thinking about what you've learned, although that's good too. The greatest answer is to realize that you've got things God put in you that you don't even know are there. You've got gifts in you that you don't even know are there. You've got the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that did the miracles in Jesus' day living in you. If you're a believer, 
that Holy Spirit is in you. If you've received Jesus, that Spirit is within you. If you haven't received Jesus this morning, Jesus said he would give his Spirit to whoever asked. If you want Jesus, he says he wants you. So here we are saying, you know, what do I have to give? Jesus told them to do some pretty impossible things. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. And he says, you've received freely, now give freely. You know, when, when you're in a place where you realize you, somebody needs something, somebody needs what I have, the first step is to ask, have I really opened myself up to receive from God? You can't really give what you haven't received. You can't overflow with what ha- you haven't been filled with. You can only pour out what you've allowed to be poured into you. And so here we are as believers saying, God, there's a world out there that needs something that I don't think I have, but I know that you want to use me as a vessel. I know that you want to use me as an instrument. I know you want to use me as a channel of blessing, a channel of life, a channel of encouragement. I want to read you something that the Apostle Paul wrote in the book of 2 Corinthians. Just to give you some background, uh, when he writes this letter, he had been through some of the worst trials, some of the worst situations he'd found himself in. He said, we came so close to death that we had the sentence of death within ourselves. You know, there were plenty of times in Paul's ministry where people said, you're going to die, or people said, you're going to be on, put on trial, and the result is that you're going to have to give up your life. But Paul got to a place where he, It was so bad, he was even convinced within himself. He had the sentence of death not just on him, but in him, and believed that this was it, this is the end. But he said that something happened, that the same Jesus that raised the dead, the same God that raised the dead, he said, we learn not to trust in ourselves, but in a God who raises the dead. It says, he delivered us, he will deliver us, he will yet deliver us. Now here's the thing. At the beginning of this letter, after all they've been through, he says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction. That word affliction is just anything troublesome or bad or hard that's, that's come against you, anything that's, that's beyond your strength, that's, that's affliction. And the Bible says that he comforts us in all or in every type of affliction, in all our affliction. There's not a time where you're going through something that God is not there to help you and, and is not there to fill you and is not there to raise you back up again. He says he comforts us in all our affliction. Maybe you're wondering, what does comfort really mean? Because when I think of comfort, I think of those little downy pillow people. I I think of soft things. I think of um, somebody just kind of giving me some nice cliches, some nice platitudes, some there, there's, you'll be okay. I think of somebody saying, you know, uh, I've I've been in the room when when a doctor said, you know, we can't help this person. The only thing we can do is make them comfortable till they die. That's what my head goes to when I think comfort. But that's not what the Bible means when it says comfort. In fact, the Greek word that's used here in the original language is the word paraklesis, which is the same, one of the same words that is used to describe the Holy Spirit, one that comes up beside you, one that comes up to bear you up, one that comes up and takes a hold of you. So when he's talking about comfort, he's not talking about a nice pillow. He's talking about real strength and encouragement. 
Because there is not a situation you're in that God can't bring you through. There's not a situation you're in that God can't sustain you. And so when he says there's a comfort for you, this comfort that we're talking about is very real. This comfort that we're talking about is not just a, a, a making you feel better until you die. It's a strength that's going to cause you to come out of whatever you're in. That's going to cause you to not just survive, but to come out victorious, to come through something to keep you from giving up when things get hard. You know, people really need comfort right now. Maybe you've seen it in the eyes as you've had to go grocery shopping and you looked at the people walking next to you in the aisles trying to keep their distance. You saw it in their eyes. You saw the feeling of, I don't know how this is going to turn out. The people whose jobs, you know, they've been laid off or you know, whether it was because of uh, a virus or whether it was because of, of oil prices dropping, we've seen people who are generally, genuinely at the end of themselves saying, I don't know what to do. So there's comfort for them. The comfort that they need is not someone just saying, well, hey, I'm sure it'll be fine. What they need is strength from God. And the Bible says he is the God of all comfort. That means he has he has the strength, the encouragement. He has what you need for every situation. All comfort means there's not a type, there's not a category he doesn't have. He is the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort or encourage those who are in any affliction with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by God. What's he saying? He's saying when you've gone through something, you don't just go through something. If God brought you through something, you don't come through the same as when you went in. When you come out the other side, you've come out not only with experience, not only with strength, but you've come out learning something about God you didn't have before. You came out with victory you didn't have before. There is no victory without a battle. There is no overcoming without something to overcome. And so when we come through the other side of something and, and we held on to God all the way, we've learned who he is in a new way. When David said, you are my rescuer, you are my deliverer, when he says our God is a God of salvation, to him alone belongs deliverances from death. When he says that, when he writes that about God and sings that about God, he's not just theorizing, he's lived it out. There's a difference between what you know and have been taught and what you believe by revelation. Revelation means it's something that God revealed to you. And sometimes God will reveal that through, a, he will reveal that through his word. He'll reveal that through a, a time with his, with, you know, where you're hearing the word of God and the spirit of God is opening your eyes. But he also will reveal himself as we walk with him. And so when I walk with my shepherd through the valley of the shadow of death, I learn, I learn who he is. I learn, man, this shepherd is so good. My shepherd is so trustworthy. My shepherd is so strong. And when you come out on the other side of that, there's a victory you're holding on to that someone else needs. Paul said, we've been comforted and we're comforted in all our affliction, in any type of affliction, so that we can comfort others, those who are in any affliction. You know, I've heard people say, well, 
um, you know, if, if you've been through this type of battle, you can help this type of person. Or, you know, uh, the person who's gone here can help the person who's in the same place. And that's true, but it's not, it's not the full story. In fact, you can help people that, that you have no idea what they're going through. You've got something for people, when, and they might say, well, you don't know where I'm coming from. You don't know where I've been through. And even if you don't, you have the Spirit of God. And Jesus knows what they've been through. God knows what they've been through. Let's be real. God has walked all of, through all of these things with us. And, and, and the Bible says that we have a high priest. His name is Jesus. We have a, someone that's standing up for you. We have someone that's fighting for you. And it says he was tempted and tried with everything we've ever been tempted with. He knows our weakness. He knows what we're being faced with. And he says he is able to help us in a time of need. You may not think you have something for someone when you don't know their background or maybe you don't share their experience. But I believe if you have God, if you have the Spirit of God within you, if you have the Spirit of Christ within you, you've got what they need. It's a crazy thing that we've got what people need, but we're afraid to give it away. See, when Paul says here that he is the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our affliction so that we can comfort those who are in any affliction, I want you to consider that you don't come out of a battle. If you've, if you've walked through a battle with God, if you've walked through the battle with the strength that God gives, if you've leaned on him, when you come out the other side, you don't come out just saying, well, I'm, I'm, you don't come out weaker. You don't come out wounded. You come out with something that you didn't have before. And he says, that's not just for you. That's to give away. He comforts us in all our affliction so we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the same comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For just as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. What he's saying is, you know, here, the afflictions he's talking about was not just, you know, shipwrecks, was not just, you know, a, a disease or something like that. The afflictions he was talking about was the persecution he endured for preaching the gospel. He was literally putting himself in a position to share the sufferings of Christ. He was saying, look, hey, when we put ourselves in the place where we're preaching the gospel, some people don't like it. Some people are going to kick back. Some people are going to fight. And so he says, here's the deal. When we put our lives on the line and, and we're dealing with all this for the sake of Christ, he says, it may seem sometimes like the suffering is abundant. It may seem like all of this came at once. It may seem like it's coming like a flood at me. But he says, if you think that's abundant, he says the comfort of God is even more abundant. He's got strength and encouragement for every step of the way. And here's a problem that I think we most run into. And this is something I've had to deal with myself. You see, there's a world around you right now. You've got neighbors, you've got friends, you've got people in your life, you've got people you've never even met that need something from you. And that's intimidating sometimes because we face one of two problems, sometimes both at the same time. We know they need something. And we know that God wants to use us, but here's what we think. Either what God is asking of us is too, either what we have to give or what's required is too big or it's too small. Let me give you an example. You know, 
Many times we step into a situation where a miracle is needed. There's nothing we could literally do to help somebody. We are, it's beyond ourselves. Like Peter and John, we're saying like, I don't have what you need. But, but all of a sudden, because of the spirit of God within them, they say, we have something for you. We have more than what you're asking for. Here's what we have. Get up and walk. I guarantee Peter and John wouldn't have said that without the spirit of God. Because without the Spirit of God, they've got nothing to offer the man. And so a lot of times, the problem just seems too big. The need seems too great. Uh, these people need something I don't have. They need encouragement I can't give. They're in a situation I can't even fathom. How do I help them? It's too big for me. It's too great for me. It's too daunting for me. And that's when you need to say, it's not it, whatever they need and whatever I have to give doesn't come from me. It's coming from him. Peter and John didn't have healing just naturally with, with residing in themselves. That came from God, but it came through them. And so sometimes we just say, the need is too great. What do I have? I want you to open up to the fact that, like Paul said here, you've been given something so that you can give it away. Like Jesus said to his disciples, freely you've received, now freely give. And I'm sure they might have said, I mean, but we've never, you've never... We've never walked through leprosy. We've never walked through uh, uh, being demon-possessed. We've, we've never experienced some of the things these people are going to. How could we help them? And God just says, you've received freely. Now freely give it away. You can't give away something that you don't think you have. So if it seems too big, good. It is too big for you, but it's not too big for God. And God uses people like me and you. Maybe sometimes it seems like what you have to offer the issue of what God's trying to tell you to give, what God's telling you to give, sometimes it does seem too big, but sometimes it, it just seems too small. Last week we talked about that little boy. Remember last week in the sermon, if you were with us, we talked about the little boy that brought a basket full of loaves and fishes. When thousands of people needed to be fed and Jesus said, feed these people and nobody had any food, one boy comes up with a basket and says, here's what I've got. Like I said last week, many of us adults who are too much in our heads, we would say, God can't use, or maybe he can use it, but, but a basket full of loaves and fishes is inadequate. It's not going to meet the need, so why bother? It's embarrassing to bring this to Jesus. But a kid just believes, this is what I have, here's what I have. We have to understand that, that God works with seeds, Right? God works with seeds. The Bible says the entire kingdom of God is like a seed. He works with seeds. And so often what he's telling you to give, what you have in your hand, isn't enough. But it's a seed. And when God gets a hold of a seed, it grows. So when Jesus held that loaves and fishes up to God, he said, thank you. He didn't say, I'll say thank you when it multiplies. I'll say thank you when it seems like more than enough. He said, I'm thankful now. And he blessed it. And when he blessed it, it, it kept being multiplied and, until it fed those thousands of people that were gathered there. Don't be embarrassed to give what you have. You know, maybe, maybe the Lord has put it on your heart to, you know, God just put it on your heart to send somebody a simple word via a text or a phone call. Just something that seems almost too simple, you know? It doesn't seem profound. It doesn't seem like it answers their question. It doesn't seem like it fixes their problem. And you go, what's the point? 
right? Like, I mean, God, they need a sermon. God, they need an answer. They don't need my nice, my little three words that you told me to say. But what if those three words are the seed that's going to grow into something? You think about it. If you needed to be fed and, and you said, my family needs, let's just say apples, and it's not just a, 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 a short period. You're, you're thinking about providing for your family over a period of years. We could give you some apples right now, and that would feed you right now. But what if someone gave you a handful of apple seeds? Well, those apple seeds seem inadequate, right? Like they don't fill your belly right now. They don't seem like enough. But those seeds will produce an innumerable amount of apples. I mean, they'll produce apples for generations if you'll plant them. When God gives you a seed, the Bible says that he gives seed to the sower and bread for food. And it says that he is able to multiply your seed. That means whatever you have in your hand, maybe it's a word of encouragement. Maybe it, it, it's, it's an act of service. Maybe it's a, a gift of money or, or food. Or maybe it's whatever it is. Maybe it's a prayer. And it feels like it's not enough. I mean, maybe I could pray for this person. But wow, what if we got this person to pray? This person's a spiritual giant. This person's a spiritual superhero. What if they prayed? Do you realize that God's not asking you to be somebody else? God's asking you to be exactly who he made you to be, and he's given you something to give away. There's some stuff that you're going through right now that you're going to have to come to the same place that Paul came to, the end of yourself, the, the point where you say, man, I, I can't do this by myself. I, I, I have no way of getting out of this situation, but I trust a God who raises the dead. Like, if God raises the dead, what can't he do? If God raises the dead, what's impossible? When you trust a God who raises the dead, anything, anything is possible. And he says, we began to trust a God who raises the dead, and he delivered us. And he's delivering us right now, and he will yet deliver us. That's the confidence that the Apostle Paul had. And it came from a place where he said, God strengthened us when we had no hope. And now that strength, it's not just for us. Now we have something to give to you. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're walking through right now, get to the place where you can get back to the place of faith, where you say, I can't do this, but with God, all things are possible. So I'm going to trust right now. I'm going to trust right now that, that he hasn't left me. I'm going to trust right now that he's empowered me, that he's anointed me, that he's called me, and that I'm an answer to someone's prayer. I'm carrying the answer to someone's prayer. I've got what someone needs. When you believe that, God will use you. You see, when you, when you put yourself in a position to be used by God, God always uses you. He may not use you like you think you're going to be used. and He may not use you like he's using someone else, but he will always use you. So I want to ask you a question. What do you have in your hand right now? What do you have to give away? First of all, we've got to know what's been given. If I'm going to give something away, I, I need to receive it. Right? I need to receive from God. He says freely receive, not freely give. So what do you have? The same letter that we've been reading, well, actually, uh, sorry, the letter before, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He talks about uh, having the Spirit of God within us. He says that nobody could ever dream up. Nobody ever could imagine. Your heart couldn't come up with all the good things that God has planned. You couldn't figure out God's plan ahead of time. 
But then he says, the only one that knows the heart of God is the Spirit of God. And he goes on to say, it's that Spirit that we've been given. He gave us not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. Did you hear that? So that we may know the things freely given to us by God. The Holy Spirit within you. If you're a believer today, if you've given your life to the Lord, if you've been filled with His Spirit, you carry something. You carry a gift that you may not have ever tapped into. You have healing working in your hands. You have power working in your prayers. You have seed to give away that you don't even know has been given to you. You have encouragement that you think is inadequate, but when God uses you to do it, it'll carry his strength. You have what you don't think you have. And here we are saying, God, if you would use me, I'll be ready. If you'll use me, I'll, I'll be set up. If you'll use me, I, I'll, I'll extend my hand. And the Bible says, we have received the Spirit of God so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. When you know what God's given you, then you know what you can give away. I want you to ask something of God today. Here's your mission. We're all in houses, been told to stay home, unless you need to get out, unless you're, you know, for essential services or groceries or whatever. Most of, most of you are, are spending more time at home than you're used to. You're spending more time at home than you're comfortable with, maybe. And maybe it feels like, how could I ever help someone? I can't even be around people. I'm, I'm not running into people. I'm not meeting people. But look, we're together right now on a Sunday morning. God's connected us. So don't you think God could connect you to somebody else? Don't you think God could use you to reach somebody in whatever way he wants to? Could you open your heart to say, God's going to use me today? Maybe that's uh, getting on your knees in prayer. Listen, if you think that prayer is something we do to seem spiritual, or if it's something we do just to make God like us, you're missing the beauty and the fun of prayer Prayer changes things. The Bible says the fervent and effective prayer of a righteous person has a great effect. If you'll believe that God's using your prayers, it becomes exciting. What you have to give is more than you ever thought. So don't say, God, what you're asking of me is too big because is your God small? Is the Spirit of God within you any smaller than the Spirit that was in Jesus and the Spirit that's in me or in anyone else? He hasn't given you this, a different Spirit. He gave you His Spirit. So when you say it's too big, what you're saying is, is it's too big for you, God. And we can't say that. So never say to God, it's too big. What you're asking is too much. And then, never say to God, what I have is too little. What I have is not enough. Because God works with seeds. If you'll be faithful to give what he's given you, to plant what he's given you, to, to give away what you have, even the things you don't think you have, if you will just be faithful to say what he tells you to say, to go where he tells you to go, to give what he tells you to give, to be who he tells you to be, somebody needs you. Somebody needs us. This is our time. This is a time where when all the world is shaken, we have the one unshakable thing. The Bible says, 
There will be a day when everything is shaken. It says in Hebrews chapter 12, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And it says here, but we serve an unshakable kingdom. So let's worship God with reverence and, and honor. And it says here that when we have an unshakable kingdom, we think different than everyone else. Our world isn't shaken in the same way. We're like the house that was built on a rock. We're like the, the uh, a plant that was planted by the water, by the stream. We are not shaken because we serve an unshakable God. Today, if you feel shaken, I'm going to ask you to do something. Ask for that same encouragement and strength that we just talked about. The Bible, my Bible calls it comfort, but it's strength, it's encouragement, it's help. If you need help, ask for it. And when you receive from God, even when you don't, you're not sure, you know, did I really get it or not? You just, just start to, to walk as if you did because it's in the, it's in the action of faith. It's in, the, it's in the walking it out that you discover what God's done in your life. Much like the, the lepers who Jesus healed, but he, they didn't see anything. And he said, go, present yourself to the priest and, and, and show them that you're healed. And it says, as they went on their way to do what he told them, on the way they were healed. So many times it's on the way that we see the answer to our prayer. It's, it's in the action of stepping out and saying, okay, God, I trust you that we see the answer. And then when you see the answer, when you receive the answer, Know that it's yours to give away. Know that it's yours to give away. Whatever you've got from God, somebody else needs it. Somebody needs the comfort you've received. Don't ever let yourself say it's too much or it's not enough. Give what God puts in your hand to give. You're going to find yourself in a position where you say, I don't have what you're asking for. But what I do have, I give to you. I may not have what you think you need. I may not have what you think you want, but I have something better. It doesn't mean that we're not meeting natural needs. I mean, go out and buy groceries for people. Go out and bless people, absolutely. But do it in the power of God. Whatever God sends you to do, do it. You're equipped. This is the time for the church to be the church. This is the time for the church to know that God is with us God is for us, but he's not just with us and for us so that we can be taken care of. He wants to send you. Did you know that God could send you even when you're stuck at home? God's got ways. He's wise. He's a genius, of course. He's the creator of the universe. There's nothing that's beyond him. Begin to open your heart to that and say, God, use me in a mighty way, and God will. Today, I want to pray with you. And believe that God's going to do a work in your life. That God's going to uh, fill you with what you can pour out. That God's going to show you and open your eyes to the seed you already have. You know, in the Old Testament, God took care of a, a widow who was about to die. And all she had was a little bit of oil and a little bit of flour. And when she gave it to God, God abundantly you know, uh, over, uh, overflowed everything else. God supplied it for her. He used what she had. He, the prophet asked her, what do you have in your hand? And this is the question. What do you have? And open your heart to the idea you may have something you don't even know. Can we pray together today?